Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for liftoff. Hey everybody, welcome back to Liftoff by Bottle Rocket. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, going on this ride with us. It's awesome to have you. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to hit that button. We would love you forever. Also, take a minute, leave a review. We love feedback. Obviously, it's something that we'll take to heart. And can't wait to uh, dive into this some more. My name, of course, is Tony Dosat. And I am Peter Clayman. And today, we're talking about TikTok. Oh. I know. Have you been practicing your dancing? Uh, you know, I, I've tried to learn the floss. And I. Yeah. it is so hard. Like, my arms always go different from my hips. I struggle with it. The struggle is real, Peter. The struggle, yeah, yeah. Let's just admit that dancing is not my strongest suit. <laughs> so TikTok is this phenomenon, but we're not going to just talk about like, oh, TikTok quaint. What are we going to dig into? I think in order to really understand how we got here, I think we should talk a little bit about what TikTok is. Yeah. So we, I think everyone assumes they know what TikTok is, but do you really know what TikTok is? Right. We can talk a little bit about privacy and what privacy means today. Huge. Many of us have have very different notions of what privacy means. I think you and I have different notions of what privacy means. And even practitioners like you and I have a lot to learn about privacy. Yeah. Then let's talk a little bit more about why there are concerns and why some people are choosing to leave the platform and how some things may change. So to kick us off today, Tony... Last time I shared, I don't use social media. That's so right. Of course, I don't really know about TikTok. Not having social media, man, that's really good for having a podcast. Being able to share, get feedback from people, it's really the best strategy. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that you are taking care of that. It lets me just manage weird LinkedIn in messages that people send me about, hey, I heard your podcast. Would you like to advertise with us? That's one thing. Before we get into TikTok, this is a really quick rant. Such a sidebar. If you connect with somebody on LinkedIn and your first message to them is the sales pitch, go away. Stop it. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Peter. But we would love to talk to anybody on LinkedIn, by the way. Definitely reach out. That's the only way we learn about new things. Just don't pitch us from the jump. Yeah, don't pitch. Build, build something up. Okay, yeah. sorry. God. Speaking of building something up, let's talk about how you learned about TikTok. Okay. And how did you actually become a user? Because you were a user. Are you a user? Listen, I had an account, like a, an official account I was going to have for the previous podcast. And I was like, eh, I'll make it a personal account. And then I was like, no, I don't have any account. I have like the, I'm not a user, but I still can see things thing, which is still probably they know me. <laughs> I found out about TikTok from when it was Musical.ly, just seeing the ads for it actually on Instagram. And then Musical.ly and TikTok had some sort of merge or whatever it was and became what it is today. And it, when I first was going through it, I was like, <sighs> look, let's back up. I have a daughter and I have a son, okay? Four-year-old son, three-year-old daughter. If my daughter was a preteen, right, right now, you go on TikTok, they're still working on their algorithm. The comments in there 
are so deplorable. Uh, I would have to snatch that phone. I, I'm not an old fuddy-duddy. Trust me, I'm really, I'm not a prude. But the thing is, it does something to your psyche, especially when you literally, your your frontal vor- vortex is like mush. Oh, frontal vortex. I love that. It's not the cortex, it's the vortex. <laughs> when you're in the vortex. <laughs> Let me tell you about frontal my frontal cortex. vortex. <laughs> when your frontal cortex isn't developed and you see comments like this. I mean, we see all the time social media affecting people. It's really a turnoff. It sure is, but let's even back up there. Okay. What is TikTok, Tony? Yeah. Tell me. As, as a Luddite of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Luddite. Okay, TikTok is a social media platform that is video-based, so far so good, with 60-second, I believe, videos that people can post. They can do duets. It usually has music behind it. There's a lot of different creative-type videos on there that I actually really enjoy. And then there's this whole... The lion's share of it is the dancing and the wildly inappropriate for underage people to consume content and messaging. That's how I would describe it right now. So is it like Vine for those of us who remember it's Vine? It's kind of Vine-ish. It's kind of Vine-ish. It's a lot. I, I found Vine to be very inventive and creative. So it has fulfilled that for some people and for some of the content. But it is, it's a thirst trap. You know the term thirst trap? No, what's a thirst trap? <laughs> Where like men and women go on, they know they're looking sexy. <laughs> and they'll post it and their audience becomes people and they're like, they're looking thirsty for some action. That's like a thirst it's trap. like a dating profile? Is it like a Tinder profile? You would think. Is that a thirst trap? No, honestly, you would think. Interesting. Well, I don't know much about TikTok, but I do have to recognize some game. Yeah. And something we spend a tremendous amount of time doing is helping companies cross the chasm. What we mean by that is it's a lot of effort for a user to download an application. You might not think so, but Tony, what was the last app you downloaded? It was a delivery notification app. What? Yeah. It's a thing that aggregates all of your shipping tied to your email address and it notifies you when it's left where it is, and when it arrives. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. When did you download that? Three days ago. Okay. And before that? Oh, boy. Pro- honestly, probably restaurant apps for research, for yeah. our QSR practice. I think I downloaded an app. I downloaded a VPN software because I switched mm. VPNs. Yeah. that was, But that was the only app I've downloaded in a month. And actually, the data would support that it's really difficult to get people to both download an application and use that application. Get to the point where you see so much value that you're like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this on my phone. Oh, let me tell you, I have downloaded and deleted more apps than I can possibly count. Oh, me too. All the time. And I'm all the time. And it's quick. It's a quick delete too. Oh, it's within minutes. Yeah. Seconds even. So what I love about TikTok, even though I don't have an account, is the way that they entice net new users to onboard into the application experience. So it starts, my sister, TikTok user, sends me a million TikTok clips. Yeah. But I'm only able to watch just a little snippet, just enough to be intrigued. Mm. 
in the iMessage embedded feed. Yep. And then they're like, oh, here, go to the web page. So you go to this web page, and all of a sudden, a rotating, ever-expanding carousel of videos comes through. Yep. But they're all cut right before, like in music, you call it the drop. Right yeah. before the drop. Right before the <laughs> moment the that you actually want to see what's going on. <laughs> right before the fist bumps. Next video. Yeah. And they say, if you want to see this whole clip, download our app today. So you go and you download the app. And then you get to see the full clips, but you're an unauthenticated user, which is very important, meaning that yep. you don't have a profile, but you're able to access content. And they say, well, if you want to see more that's relevant for you, create a profile. Tony, what is that called? The marketing funnel gods. <laughs> it is, but it's also got a technical term, which is that? called progressive disclosure. Oh. It's this concept that as the user moves through the flow value is exchanged between yeah, yeah, yeah. the entity and the user. Yeah. And they do such a good job with progressive disclosure. I understand why they have so many users because you're forever chasing the dragon. The best hit of TikTok that you're going to get is the first hit. Yeah. Now, in and of itself, there are many video sharing applications and there are many applications out there that gather a ton of data. Right now, we are talking about TikTok because President Trump has issued an executive order banning companies from doing business with TikTok, effectively forcing the sale of TikTok's U.S. operations. Now, the legality of this is questionable and going to be sued, and I think there's a suit already. So why is the Trump administration doing this right now? What is the fundamental concern that's driving this? The concern here is, and this is a bipartisan concern, and I think it's very important. A lot of people get alienated by the messenger. Don't get alienated by the messenger. There's some essence to this claim. There is a concern that data coming out of TikTok could be processed and utilized by the Chinese government. Wow. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah. And it sounds, listen, it sounds like Black Mirror or it sounds alarmist, whatever it sounds like, you know, it there, it's a fact. The thing is, digital warfare is a thing and is only going to get more and more serious and alarming. The reason this episode's been so hard to get to the root of is because what we're really talking about here is not TikTok. We're talking, TikTok's the straw that broke the camel's back. And yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't Cambridge Analytica and the stuff they did on Facebook yeah. way back in the 2016 election. It wasn't that. Like somehow we've all forgotten about what happened there. Mm. But that was four years ago. A lot has changed since then. Now we have TikTok. Right. And this is just a bigger concern, which is what is your digital footprint worth? What is your data worth? Like, Tony, how much is your data worth? Oh boy! I mean, probably negative amount at this point. No, um, <laughs> you kidding well, me? You're a you famous know, podcaster. So famous, so famous. You know, it, it depends on. Gosh, I mean, I would say a lot of money because it it affects how you purchase. It affects so many different decision making. Like if if they have the data on what you search and what people can feed to you, like I have so many Amazon boxes coming to me. Every week now, of course, in quarantine, it's like, oh, let's redo this. Let's redo that. And uh, I'll see the ads on Instagram, wherever it is. So that data alone, just for that one particular thing, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars, I'm sure, at the at, for my lifespan. Well, 
why is Google free? Isn't that interesting? Because it costs a tremendous amount of money to run Google. Yeah. And we're not talking Google, big Google, as in Alphabet, the parent company with all their side ventures. We're just talking about Google, the search engine. Yeah. It's very expensive to run Google. I What did I listen to this thing? It's like a Netflix preview that I just happened to scroll through that said, you could power a three watt light bulb for a, for three minutes based on each Google search. It's, it's a lot of energy. There's yeah. a ton of servers out there that just have servers full of content. The reason why I can't pay for Google is because the minute you offer someone the ability to assess their own value, meaning, okay, I have to pay $700 a year to, to use Google. Everybody else who gets it for free is going to go, wait, how the hell are they making $700 off me? Mm. And it opens Pandora's box. And there are multiple two-sided marketplaces here. And what we mean by that is Google has two customers. They have the people like you and me that Google things all the time, constantly. I mean, how many Google searches do you do today? I mean, at oh. least 100. At least 100 every day, minimum. Constant, yeah. But that's free. And that's intended to be free yeah. because that is subsidized by advertisers who pay out the wazoo to serve ads directly to someone like you, Tony. That's why I end up with like 13 wall sconces. Since 2008, Bottle Rocket has been helping companies acquire more, engage deeper, and grow faster than their competitors. Industry leaders like Southwest Airlines, Chick-fil-A, MoneyGram and Frito-Lay trust Bottle Rocket to provide business strategy, product management, experience design, product growth, and technology services that drive business results and solve unmet customer needs. To learn more about Bottle Rocket and subscribe to the newsletter, visit BottleRocketStudios.com. All right, let's bring this in. So this is a privacy issue. This is a data issue. This is a, do you know really what you're agreeing to when you agree to these things? And, and when did you read Terms and Conditions last? I mean, you and I, we work in this industry. I cannot remember the last time I read Terms and Conditions. I have actually never read them. That's embarrassing. Yeah. If we don't read it, it's totally unfair to assume the average consumer does. So now let's pivot to... How does this all come to get rid of TikTok as a call to action? I am so glad you asked that, Tony. Well, <laughs> it is one thing to share your data with Google and Facebook to get better quality ads across your internet viewing experience. Because the service is so incredible. Exactly. And at least in that situation, you know that the majority of your data is sitting on U.S. servers and there's accountability in it. The challenge with TikTok is TikTok is owned by ByteDance. ByteDance is a Chinese artificial intelligence firm. Don't get it twisted. The US and China are strategic enemies. I know everyone out there will tell you they aren't, but that started a long time ago before this trade war. That started back in the 90s when China mm. built the Great Firewall and said, hey, if you don't play by our rules, you don't get to access our domestic market. That's why there's no Netflix in China. That's why there's no, no Twitter in China. That's no why there's Google. no Google in China. Yeah. All of those niches in the global economic e infrastructure ecosystem that is technology were filled by wholly owned Chinese companies that were directly linked to the Chinese Communist Party. 
TikTok came from there. And with that comes a certain level of backdoors, a certain level of there is no standard for user privacy in China. Now, one might say, eh, there's not a great standard for US user privacy in the United States either. That's pretty true. But at least we have CCPA now. We have GDPR in Europe. We have a hodgepodge of regulation. But there is some regulation. If the Chinese government wants to know something about what you've done within the Great Firewall, there's nothing stopping them from getting that information. There's something to be said about... I just read an article where Amazon released an email and it said to all of the employees, you cannot have TikTok on your phone get rid of it. They later redacted that and said it was sent by error. It was not supposed to be sent. So my thing is, well, somebody had to write it. I mean, somebody had these thoughts leading up to this, whether it was sent by mistake or not. That's a huge thing. How does Amazon's Chinese business influence its communication preferences domestically? Right. So here's the worry. Here's the big rub. Okay. Rub it. There is a report, you can go look it up, reverse engineering data feeds from TikTok. You can go Google it yourself and read through it. It's just one source. But for a very long time, TikTok was deliberately breaking their public statements and processing data in China. What kind of data, you may ask? Well, there are standard things that we gather. What's your device type? What iOS are you running? We, we use that stuff. How many minutes did you spend in our application? We use that stuff. There is less of an argument to be made that we need access to every single one of your contacts, every single one of the applications you've downloaded. Which application did you use last? In fact, what applications have you used over the last week? How do these all come together? Then think about the data you're creating on the platform. I posted a video. That video, every frame from that video can go through a machine learning algorithm that does automatic content recognition, OCR, object content recognition, which tells us this looks like this person is in Paris and this person is surrounded by cars. Mm, Now that's like a very simplistic version of what's going on here. But the amount of data, think Cambridge Analytica. You wouldn't want to share your data with Cambridge Analytica. Everyone can agree. Everyone can agree. Why can't we agree the same for TikTok? Because the teens love it and people really don't want to alienate that heavy majority that started there. Because mm. the, from a teen user perspective, what does my data matter? I'm already known anyway. Yeah. Like, how many times do you hear this, Tony? It's the seatbelt, it's the, it's the helmet, you know, argument where, you know, the teenager that doesn't wear a helmet or doesn't wear their seatbelt driving, et cetera, et cetera. What, I'm not gonna get in a wreck. I'm not gonna fall off my skateboard, whatever it is. I know I sound like a 1940s dad, but it's true. Yeah, stop trying to go to the bebop session. <laughs> they think of their data the same way they think of their invincibility to harm. So they don't wear the helmet. They don't buckle their seatbelt, et cetera, et cetera. TikTok is a rallying cry. And truly, it should be seen that way in that we need to take a better understanding of the value that our activities across the global digital ecosystem bring to entities. Go look at the stock market today. There's a reason why tech companies are leading the charge. The disparate level of data a company that's a technology company versus a CPG company has on their consumers, it's not even close. It's not even close. I'll tell you from personal experience, it is nowhere close to each other. And it's not so much 10 years ago. 
we wouldn't be worried at all about any of this. Yeah. 10 years from now, we're going to have videos. So there's talk already of you seeing ads that have you, physically you, Tony, wearing the product in the oh, ad. Oh, yeah. The deep fakes. A deep fake. Now, what does this do? On a subliminal level, if you were hooked up to an EKG, your brain would actually have a greater level of acknowledgement of yeah. the advertisement that had you in it, even if you consciously did not process that you saw it. That's right. Because if I see a picture of, say, for example, a shirt and some, you know, really fit person, some stallion is wearing it. You know me. I feel, yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel disconnected from that product. If I were to see myself in it, I'd be like, whoa, I look great. I must be a plus size model. I never thought of that. And that is actually terrible. It's possible. It it's was not, very possible. It's already possible. And it's yeah. not commercialized yet. We haven't yet gone over that ethical boundary. But remember, the data you produce today is still useful 10 years from now. Now, yes, your core characteristics have changed. The things you care about might have changed. But that was still a core part of the identity that you have yeah. and the identity that you define within yourself. So I think the bigger problem here is, and the reason we're talking about TikTok is, one, don't let foreign governments get your data, even if there's a small risk of it. Is it really worth stupid bullshit videos where you dance and do the floss for it? Like, really? <laughs> is it really worth it? It would be one thing to have your Google search history leaked. Could you imagine having all the dumb bullshit you say off your thirst? What do you call it? A thirst channel? Thirst trap. A thirst trap. Do you want every message that you sent in your thirst trap publicly available? <laughs> I would assume not. You know, that's the thing. It's the helmet, the seatbelt. It's the what I create today will not affect my future when, in fact, the exact opposite is reality. So if you don't wear a helmet today, if you don't wear a seatbelt today and you get in an accident, that affects your future greatly. If you don't care about your privacy, if you don't care about your data and you're on TikTok and something nefarious does happen with that data, it will affect your future permanently and forever. And you may never know how that data was used. That's the scariest part. So if you were to leave our guests with one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I completely get how complicated it is to understand what the implications of your decisions on the internet may be to you. I totally understand the rationale of everyone else is doing it. Why shouldn't I do it? Or why is this even important? You can know anything you want about me. I don't think we yet understand what the implications of those decisions are. Even though today it might seem potentially worthwhile to share your data with the Chinese Communist Party in exchange for videos on the internet, 10 years from now it might not. And you don't have a time machine. So yeah. a little bit of caution here will go a long way. My one piece of advice in wrapping this up would be, listen, we got reels now. It's on Instagram. <laughs> maybe, yeah. they're, maybe they'll be a little bit more responsible with our data. It's better <laughs> to, to hang with the devil you know, right? That's right. And I, I'm not the crazy ranting guy over here that's a doomsday prepper. No, it's truth. There's truth in everything that you've said. And I think it's important to talk about and to shine a light on outside of what we're hearing with, you know, everything going on politically, 
you know, there's there's some situations where immediately there's a demonization without digging in. And if I trust anyone to dig in, it's Peter Clayman. So I'm going to have to uh, go ahead and get rid of my uh, TikTok real quick here. And um... I'm honored, Tony. I'm honored. Well, with that, it's been a very enlightening and positive episode here at Liftoff. <laughs> no, I, I, I kid, but it's a serious thing that needs to be talked about and elucidated as much as possible and understood as much as possible. And hopefully the listeners really gained a lot of information and can make an educated choice whether or not to continue on the platform or to think twice about maybe reading a terms and conditions or what data they forfeit and how they use that currency that is called data. I'm still not going to read T's and C's. Mm, me neither. <laughs> okay. But we could tell ourselves that. Signing off, this is Tony Dosat. This is Peter Clayman. Until next time, friends. <laughs>